What's up, people? This is episode 149 of the Option Podcast. I'm Jason DeBeas. That guy looks like John Mesco. We're going to find out in the minute the episode starts. Right now. It's good, Johnny. Hi. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 149, along with my man John Mesco, my special guest today, or should I say tonight, I'm Jason DeBellis, and we are dancing. We're going to talk about a lot of things, but let's start with, um, you were talking about a rodeo before we got on the podcast. I went to, uh, went to rodeo in Montana on Saturday night, and uh, my uh, one of my ex-girlfriends uh, had, a, had a, she had a personal diatribe about not about saying literally using the word literally correctly unlike uh um rob lowe who mainstreamed it and uh and caused webster merriman webster to have to have a fit <laughs> they actually had to enter an alternate definition for literally to include meaning figuratively which which caused my sister to have a fit because she's a copy editor yeah anyway so i'm in I'll try to cut to the chase. I was in line to get a cocktail at the rodeo and I made some sort of mistake, didn't get a napkin, didn't tip right or something. And the guy behind me goes, what is this, your first rodeo? And I go, literally, it is. <laughs> Dude, I'm, um, my whole family, my wife's family is a family full of academics, so they would have, it would have been highly personal too. I'm like, what, what, figuratively, literally, just... Just shut up. <laughs> Just I, shut I up. I try to use the word literally once a year, and I, I try to yeah. try to not use the word like. Well, so I... I'm anti-mainstream. I got really, really... When I studied theater, right, I got really, really... Actually, the book you should read is Speak With Distinction. Like, anyone that's ever studied action, acting, you got to take at least one year of voice and speech, and then Marymount, we had to take three. But Speak With Distinction, understanding... I wonder what your tease if you're a singer, understanding that try, uh, there's no CH in try, it's actually try, right? And something I used to tease my European friends, I had a friend from Romania, she's like, I'll try, try, you know? And I'm like, that's just a weird way of saying it. And I'm like, one, she's right. And me with my Brooklyn accent, who am I to tease anyone's accent? So, right? Like, um, yeah, like try or truth. I'm a, well, I'm a low talker and a mumbler, so I don't have any room to cr critique no. myself. No, you literally, your voice literally flies, no, figuratively flies under the radar. <laughs> low, low talker. I almost said literally flies under the radar. <laughs> Dude, we just got started. <laughs> Instagram's blowing. I can't read a damn word they're saying, but I'll, I'll figure it out. It says, who, who you got? What's up, John Mesco? All right, cool. They can't find me because I'm not on social media. No, and they can't find me because they don't know where I live. You're a ghost, dude. I had to turn the internet upside down. And finally, um, I got, you know, I got with Jeff. You know, you can, you, Samuels? Yeah. You know, you can hire people to clean you off the internet. Yes. Right? <laughs> Mayor did it. Yeah. John Mayer? Yeah. yeah. Why? Uh, he's just not interested. Yeah. And people seeking him out by yeah. other means other, other than email. He sees an email and my, either he wants to respond or he won't. My social media is LinkedIn, apparently. So yeah. that's how you have to find me. That's it. And, but that's good. That's one place you check. And I, he, I don't check it. <laughs> I, 
I was going to say, either, either you're interested or you're I, not. I, I might update that once every <laughs> 10 years. I, do, I, I haven't, dude, I updated my LinkedIn six my, months ago and I'm like. You know what my social media is? Is Venmo. Venmo. I, speaking of which, Banesh, I owe you $20 from our king tonight. Yeah. My bad. I got to take yeah. on our on our commercial break. I'll, I'll send him his Venmo. Banesh got you. I mean, you got his back. Suck it. <laughs> oh, you play King with who? Uh, came Theo and Banesh. We did a little no jump king tonight. Nice. I uh, love no jump. Yeah, and I've seen you do it. I've seen you do it with people your size or bigger too. I've seen you do it with Ryan Dowdy. Yeah, you know, Dowdy's good. Uh, there, there's some shorter guys. Taylor Taylor's amazing at no yeah. jump. Um, Miles Partain. Those guys are high seeds. Uh, you don't have to be tall, but I mean Theo is. Theo is probably the winningest player I've played with, uh, and it helps to have that reach and the height. It's hard to jumbo over him. It's yeah. hard to defend when he spikes it. Yeah, Theo, um, I, and I mentioned on his podcast before, but it bears repeating. I'm actually a fan. I'm, I'm, I'm. I've mentioned I'm more of a purist of the sport and not a fan of a particular person. But with that being said, yeah, people, I'm, people, I'm a fan. Think, <laughs> I'm an actual fan of Theo. The old school guys think that uh, you know some of the current short court big guys. I don't know, maybe Doherty would be included or, or Theo. They, they they discredit them, but in no jump, Theo keeps hitting this high line. He hits the line very very consistently. He's like Hayden with his line shot. Yep. He can hit a spot. It is really impressive. It's a it's a very impressive touch. Yeah. Would you say that's what gives him his success at the open level? Like there, right. are, a lot, there are a lot of players. I'll give you an example and, and I'll let you talk my bet. Like Todd Rogers, I remember him saying he shaves basically a foot on each off of each side of the court. If you hit that, then then you can win. And if you miss that, you won't. And the pressure of hit or miss in that game of inches, with that being said. Well, Hayden will hit it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm the, saying. Hayden yeah. will hit the line. But no, the, yeah, Theo, he has that touch. He has that uh, that winning touch. Uh, but yeah, I like if if a guy hits a line, uh, I like to let him have it. Yep, definitely. Let's let's actually talk about let's talk about motherload, man. Love the motherload. Motherload is this. It's a ghost. This most, paradise. Most people have no dude. idea what it is. No, they don't. I actually I actually might put it up on camera for it too. Um, just like a picture. Um, he had a um drone shot of like the center court. Mm-hmm. And I actually have that, so I'll put it up. But talk to me about just your trip out there. You playing a little bit with Steve, uh, Hitman for Hire, Stephen Rochitz, which is weird because I always call you the Hitman for Hire. I am. That's what you. You really are. Actually, and I'm like, wait, the Hitman for Hire got himself a Hitman for Hire. <laughs> Steve, Steve's fun to play with, man. Yeah, all ambidextrous and, and, and fun stuff. to play with. Yep. Where is it? Let me show the shot for everybody because everyone can see. Here it is. Let's go to camera four. My little is a special place. Look at that beautiful shot right there, dude. What you really need to see is a, a shot looking up from the courts with the mountains in the backdrop, because that's a that's a look that you don't get at beach volleyball tournaments very often. But no, I'll get one for you later. Actually, this is a nice shot right here. Is a video. Yeah, the mountains. The mountains in the background. Yeah. Eight thousand feet. It's no joke. Let's do a full shot of that. Yeah. There it is. That is. And look at the moon. Saw the moon already up. The moon. Yeah, the moon was coming up. High this, altitude. This crisp <laughs> air. Just water out of the tap. It's it's a great place. Doesn't it have a little Amsterdam feel to it? I've like never, during the no, daytime? Never, never been. Yeah. I've been in military. Kind of mm -hmm. been everywhere. But a little bit. Of, you ever been to Santa Fe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. 
Yeah. Is that yeah. compared? Does this, does yeah, like the Santa daytime or? It's like 5,000 feet. Yeah. No, it's higher. I'm thinking Albuquerque. Right. Does um, the, I guess since you've been there and since you've been a lot of places, does the altitude miss uh, preparing for this tournament mess with you or is it just? Yeah. When I go to an altitude tournament, I'm trying to hit jump serves or hit balls like three feet in bounds, like almost like the short courts of big court uh, right. because it's, the ball's going to sail at altitude. Yeah. It's a lot of hitting errors at the mother load at altitude because the ball you normally hit one foot in bounds is now two feet out. Yeah, so true, dude. And then they switched up the Macasa sponsored the mother load this year, and so that was a that was a little change. I haven't played with that ball maybe five years um, since I've played a tournament with it. Yeah, uh, the South of France was a FIBB tournament. I brought um some Macasas with me, and they're like, "Oh my god, they look so new!" And I'm like, "Because." <laughs> but you're right. So in addition to the altitude, you're playing. You're, the sponsor is a Luff balloon. You the know? Luff balloon. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so you got uh, a little. You know, people have uh, um, some heart rate, breathing, fitness issues, and then you're also trying to track the ball and the floating through the air differently, and then you're trying to hit the ball in bounds. So a lot of things. And jump serve is almost removed um, yeah. at at mother load. Very, Unless you're very few, very few people can really deliver a jump serve up there. I agree. I agree. So a lot of float serves. I mean. It would have to be a ball you use all year round, right? Because I think, but also, but also altitude. Like Skyler Del oh, yeah. Sol is great. That yeah. mother load. He just lives in. You know, he's the Colorado yeah. guy. And you were close to winning a couple of times, right? I've been. I feel like I've been third four or five times there. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tell everybody so what place you finished this, this weekend. Third. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to. You have to um, frost that with. I'm very grateful. There was 43 teams in the men's open. Not very, very grateful. No doubt. Um, we had a conversation about cruise control too. Remember, we had well, you, you started. <laughs> you kept you kept saying I was on cruise control on center court. Yeah, yeah I loved it. Well, I it looked like my eye test, and um, you know, of course, I'm a fan. I'm I'm mean, I'm a volleyball hack, but my big secret is I'm a 22 year coach. So my my eye test told me that the percentage like jump percentage and power and this and whatever that you were operating out of. I'm like, if they can't stop that, he can do that all day. And this and and with this altitude thing, I felt like you were dragging the the teams into deep water where you were swimming just fine and and these guys hop, 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 hop. you know, these guys are like 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 hopping. Let me actually show a video. I got actually got a good clip of this too. Well, the other um, thing is <clears throat> I really wanted to win the tournament. And so I'm only expending the energy that I need to. Right. Uh, it's, and it's a measured process. So that this year, you know, Virginia Beach in Atlantic City, guys are cramping. You know, it's hot tournament. Right. Heavy expenditures and, and you know, guys aren't making it. You know, they're having to forfeit. And uh, so I'm, I, was, I was really measured about my energy there. Let's see if I could jump to the scene. I just want to show someone just side out. This is before the technical timeout. This was um, actually this was winner's bracket day before. Anyone whose last name was Basie, right? Was had a great tournament. <laughs> the right? Basies like, are great. Yeah, like Lars had a. We played uh, that, uh, play that eighteen year old. The eighteen year old Basie. I think it's Gage. Yeah, that's uh, Gage. He's, he's good. So this is an example of what I was talking about. Just boom. Can't believe you set me. Just patient. Yeah, nice D patient. Deep, and deep angle. Would you say? I don't mean to use this as a straw man fallacy or whatever or straw man argument, but would you say that that one hit was an example of of what you've been hitting all day? Yeah. Yeah. Deep angle cut, deep angle yeah. cut, high line. 
Yeah, so many ways to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I like playing chess, and there's this uh, uh, chess player at the World Championships, and he mm -hmm. started the match, uh, and he spent 40 minutes before he moved his first piece, which is, uh, which is an, an anomaly. Usually guys open pretty quickly because the, an opening is pretty predictable. But right. um, he just, when asked about it, he said, I didn't know which piece I wanted to move. And that's that's how I, I start a volleyball term is I, I'm just really thinking about what the guys are going to do. And if I'm playing against somebody um, that knows my game, like Tim Brewster, I just won't I won't cut it one time. But I think in that one match at the mother load, I think I cut it 10 times and I was 10 for 10. And it's because the, the guy hadn't played me and he just wasn't picking up the cut. So I just kept doing it. Yeah. It's a chess game. How much... I mean, I'll ask an obvious as obvious questions because we owe our audience an answer, right? And their answers you and me are just going to know before I even finish the sentence, but this is a podcast. How much does home field advantage play into, someone to, play into it for someone like Gage Basie and Lars Basie? Yes. Uh, for the people listening, Lars won the whole thing with uh, Ian Carlson beating. I think it's huge. Yeah. Uh, um, <clears throat> in Albuquerque this year, uh, um, Ty Coots. <clears throat> Uh, won won the tournament with this guy, and uh, they played they played great. But uh, it's at altitude, you know. Steve Steve Roschitz, our first couple of matches, he was swinging at a you know a transition set, tough set, eight feet off, and he'd take a heavy swing at it, a ball that nine times out of ten he hit, hits inbounds. But at altitude with a Mikasa, he hit it two two three feet out. The bases they're not making that mistake. They know that the ball sails, so they're right. you know right from the get go they're they're ahead. So, but he, he, you know, he was like a velociraptor. Once he learned over time, he started chopping it, chopping it down. Ambidextrously. So Schitz is really talented. <laughs> and with both hands, right? Yeah. This weekend. Was, and I'm I, sitting there calling it, right? And I'm like, if he hurts you with his left, go the, down. The hardest, <laughs> the hardest part for me was trying to figure out if he, he was going to set me. Every other ball he hit on too. So I, I love that. Yeah. But again, I was like, who is, um, before the podcast, I was like, who's, Who's the real hitman for hire on this one? <laughs> I love it when my partner hits on too. Yeah. And again, set location looked good, right? I gave, he gave you the set it's you wanted. Well. Any, anything that allows you to see like the entire court. Super positive energy. Great defender. I can I can set him anywhere and he'll put it away. Easy easy guy to play with. Yeah. A partner where you don't have to deal with your partner. I hope he wants to play again a lot. Yeah. I mean... I'm not trying to disrespect Scholar, but I know in the past I know he could be a difficult personality. I don't I don't know what he is now. He seems a little bit more chill, might, but I know he's kind of hot headed and, and this and that. He might be like Spock. I mean, I mean, he might be a higher level or a different level. It just it seems a little, just a little different to play with. He might be so far like Kid Rock is a line. I'm I'm so ahead of the game. I feel left behind. I mean, that's that might be how he feels. You know. So, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we Skyler and I have finished third twice at the motherload. Uh, he's he has a lot of talent packed inside his body. Would you say he's the best hands in beach volleyball in the domestic scene? So Skyler and I uh, met on the NVL, and I think two different times he got voted best setter on the NVL. And he one of the times he tried to give the award to me, so I I, I think I was the unofficial second place. Um, Skyler has great hands. Was it because he got um you got set more, or he had to set, his, you had to set, you had to set him more or something? I, we. Yeah, because yeah, I would get. I've gotten served my whole life. I'm, yeah. I'm used. I'm. I'm ready for it. Then take that reward. <laughs> I, I love it when we get to the end of a match and and I'm just on cruise control, like you said. And guys are just like, well, we're not we're not scoring against him, so they just they get tired of me and serve my partner. That's my favorite point. And it really is. Like, I remember watching the '88 team 
and giving a, giving away our age and your Karch? yeah because Karch and Stavertly, right two passer system, and Stavertly wins best passer. Wow. And it's like, how does he win best passer and Karch doesn't? Because Karch didn't get served because Karch was better. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So I said, take those hands awards from Skyler if that was if that was your day. It's like Phil winning most offensive player. How's he going to win that award? He, he only hits one out of every 10, 10 plays. Dude, and, and most of us consider serve defense. The guy, the two fastest ways to score a point is serve and block. And he can do that before he even take, hits an option. Yeah, right? That, he's, that, he, he's up start. eight points before he even takes a swing. That start of the game, literally up eight points uh, in, in Arizona against Brazil, the U.S. versus Brazil. Look that up on YouTube. It's, I think it's called This Is How You Start a Match. Yeah. But Phil is just, that, it, that is the best example of Sunday Phil out there. It was actually, I don't even think it was in Brazil. I think it was in China. I think he was, it was a semi, he was down 6-0 or something like that, game three, and then just. That was it. Yeah, Todd and him went down six one in game one in the Olympic yep. in the Olympic final in Beijing. Yeah, uh, but I don't, I don't I don't remember how game three started. I thought they won like fifteen to six. Yeah, in, in that final, definitely it was a lot. But when I think of good hands, I think of um, Rafael Rodriguez. He's great. His hands are great. His met him. Met him uh, well, that was actually Norseka first, but he played on the NVL as well. Yeah. Oh, he's playing with um the Norseka. NVL? He was playing with Orlando. Yeah, it was uh, No, also uh, um, another guy. Not a Maori, right? I'm yeah. sort of, I wonder if a Maori Velasco Blank, blanking on his name. Yeah. You go back that far. I wonder if a Maori Velasco played. And for wasn't Rico. that long ago. It's 2016. Yeah. No, talking about Norseka. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, The Norseka is the original ghost tour. You just yeah. gotta, you gotta, gotta make sure they're having them first. So you've been around. This sport, I, I looked at your VVB, BVB page, and I just started rolling, uh, just writing down random names, partners, partners that you played against. All right, uh, not partners, but pe- uh, players that you played against. So it's going to be like the best of the best, and just like people we know: Karch, Adam Johnson, Matt Prosser, Adam Roberts, Brad Keenan, John Mayer, um, Lambert, Metzger, Camacho. He was there over the weekend, right? We were partners. Yeah, uh, Gibb. Rosenthal, Alby, Nygaard, Loomis, anyone whose first name is Casey, Jennings, Patterson, <laughs> um, Nick Lucena, Wong, Dax, Burek, Smith, Cabbage, Palm, anyone whose first name is Travis, Muirwitter, Schoonover, <laughs> Mark Fonacari, Pottstown dude, uh, Ka Ratty, Ratledge, Skyler, Samuels. <laughs> That's a lot of memories. This is, dude, this is two and a half generations. Uh, of of beach volleyball and here you are on my podcast looking young looking looking you know trying to compete with me because i'm 52 and i'm i'm supposed to be the young looking old dude here and and you roll up in my house looking like this um so let's start pot glass half full on this what's exciting about with all all the beach volleyball you played in the generations and seeing certain players come and go and see like the great sponsors and see see the ups and downs and highs and lows. What's exciting about beach volleyball now, today? What's something that you maybe you turn maybe you're at a tournament, right? Or maybe you just you're just watching the finals in this and you're like, This is this is freaking cool. Oh, so what's if you get what I'm asking, what's exciting about beach volleyball now? 
feels like the guys are getting younger every year. I mean, I believe Miles Partain set a record in Hermosa for qualifying. Was it 15? Yeah. Qualifying with his pro, brother, pro no less. Right? I, watched, <laughs> I, watched that match. I watched that match against Samuels and Brunsting. Him, yeah. uh, that, that went into overtime in game three. And it was, that was exciting to watch. Scoring I, was, I, was sta- I was standing on top of the restroom and man, the heckling. Guys yep. are just brutally heckling Brunsting and Samuels because it, it seemed like it was two grown men against two kids. And it kind of was, but man, the Pertains are not kids. I just played against them in uh, in Seaside, Oregon. Yep. And Marcus was on our six man team, and I've been training a little with with Miles over the last four or five years. Miles Pertain, I was I was telling guys about, and some guys at the beginning of this year didn't know who he was. And I said, "Good lord, that, that guy is he's special. Um, he's unique in the category that every time I see him, he gets taller, stronger." and better at volleyball and that's, yeah. that's been consistent for the last five years and it's not stopping yeah I mean, let it me it's better every time actually let's keep talking i just want because i just want to show people how skinny this kid looked um okay we don't want to see no damn burger king commercial but i want to show people because what you were talking about his transition from teenager to, to young man to like and, and again to like 15, grown, he was holding grown, he was grown, holding his own ass, in a yeah. main draw match at 15 and now he's winning all right, here it is. Won his first one in Atlanta. So that that's him it. and Marcus. Those, that was those are just. That, that's her most. I think that's her most. That's her Beach. You're back there. Yeah, I'm on the bathroom. I'm standing in the yeah. bathroom somewhere. Yeah, I it could be there. you in the blue for all we know. Yeah, so there. for everybody watching at home, this is in front of the hotel, the Beach House Hotel in Hermosa Beach, and those are not bleachers. Uh, get, there are guys who set up chairs, beach chairs, and, and just sat off the edge of the bathroom. Yeah, so that I'm, stone thing you see behind I, the I green umbrella. I might be in the light blue shirt on the standing in the bathroom there. I'm pretty sure that's you. I was enjoying the dialogue. Yeah. And those guys were just, they, they, you see they don't let a ball drop, and they're just always in system. That's what I noticed about uh, um, in, in Oregon playing against them. And they went deep in that tournament. Is uh, they're just always in system, never yeah. out of system. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to, and doing the little things, you don't yeah. see them cut corners. Like yeah. if they're passing, you see that nice little hole, real, that little, real, that little real, posi- real positive energy mm-hmm. all the time, no matter what. I mean, get a block, no problem. Yeah. Shank a ball, no problem. And you also see him simulate. Like if he misses a pass, yeah. he'll step off the court and do this kind of mimic thing. Yeah. Like this kind of uh, robot self-correct thing. That's Alzina's big on that too. So I was just curious if that's something they got from him. That's, when, a, that's a good. I like that practice. I do, I do that if I if I get tool, chiseled, I'll, I'll take my hands and like kind of imagine being big, shaking hands with a giant, doing mm-hmm. that big press. Yep. But uh, back to what's exciting. So Miles with the option play. I mean, he is giving guys fit. Him and Lotman are giving guys. Fit fits and i mean everybody almost had to go back to the drawing board and and come up with their own solution for it and i don't i haven't seen i've been fortunate to play for a long time i think i qualified for my first tournament in 2006 uh i haven't seen that much innovation in my career uh and that that option play after they really have perfected it I'm seeing, I'm seeing, you know, a third or half the teams trying it. So in, in at the motherload, Steve was hitting one of two balls on two and jump setting the rest, and that gives blockers fits. You know, when I see the blocker, you know, he's like barely getting out to me. It's so much easier to side out. And uh, so we we played uh, uh, Ian Satterfield and Caleb Queckel in uh, in Virginia Beach, and Caleb is almost every time jump setting uh, or hitting. And then uh, Dylan Zacco is setting Max Martin well um, with the jump set. It it just Man, it's 
if you're not if you're not doing it, you should be thinking about it. Yeah, that's absolutely for sure. Getting an getting an open net um, is is a pretty is a pretty, like, pretty nice luxury. Like here's Qatar. I'll do it again. Sorry, I'm on half camera here. Let's do that. So, actually, let's go back. Can in, I go back? In, it's so the reason why I'm showing like inter international teams is because because they haven't been doing the the catch and throw set right like the FBI catch yeah. and release the yeah. deep dish pizza hut set they have to it. Uh, the jump set uh, was an earlier and volume they have not been doing it the same way Parchain has I, I mean Seaside uh, I, I, he did it four out of every five plays right it would seem mm -hmm. I mean, he was, there and, were, I, and I, it didn't even matter if the set was like the 10 foot line or the pass the first I one I don't know if there were stats but this and this might be a record but there was a, a set in Seaside and Marcus as Miles had just won Atlanta so he just got his first AVP win in a gold tournament I mean it's a huge huge deal yep. for him um, especially at his age but so he goes up to Seaside so of course Marcus is getting served every ball right right I mean if you kind of have to be an idiot to be ser serving Miles so Marcus is seeing every serve they win the set and Marcus I heard this third party Marcus had zero kills yeah winning the set so you you know yeah, dude. You're just just uh, somehow siding out that many times, and and, and yeah. you know, Miles was setting him, you know, probably one of five times. Yep. So you're doing something. Where's my that, camera? Uh, Holding your platform. Everything in the world, man. That ball just waits for the hitter to get there. <laughs> Order the hot dog. Eat the hot dog. Swing. <laughs> so that's that's impressive. But yeah, two guys on the court. I, I like the hurry up offense. I like trying to catch guys out of out of out of position. Yeah. So it's a nice innovation. Also, I think it's also changing the way some people are setting and learning how to set because, again, with the, the you know, some people who, who, who deep dish it, you're not going to see a lot of deep dishers jump set. It, it looked like the stupidest thing you've ever seen in your, in your life, mm -hmm. you know, unless, you know, they've been playing taps and it looks good. So when I, was, when I was playing with Del Sol, he would jump set me and he was so convincing with it. He, he would fool me. I yeah. thought he was hitting. Yeah. Um, and he, you're like, he, oh, he I got to hit. He would sell the hit so well that I was not ready. Yeah, but I like I like what you said. I was actually going to do like a countdown clock on that because we were going to take turns answering that question. And and I think the thing I've, I like ex exciting about volleyball today is the AVP partnerships with a lot of the, the smaller venues like Pottstown Rumble was its own entity, like Coconut Beach was its own entity. But because as a partnership now... Um, it looks like the AVP is making more stops, but they're not really because those people are going to go to those tournaments anyway. But the excitement of watching these things on YouTube and watching different venues and watching people, um, just more players, you're now emotionally invested in the future of volleyball because, you know, for the Gold Series, you just care about the top 16 or the top this or the top that. But guys like Evan Corey, you know, before he hooked up with um, Logan Weber, he was video, he was live streaming every weekend. Like uh, for on, on Facebook yeah, yeah. for for us for us old farts, yeah. every single weekend he's in the finals winning or losing, and that was when he was full time blocking, yeah. or or like splitting block or whatever. And I picked up his old partner, yeah. J D Hamilton. Yeah, J D is isn't J D cool? <laughs> J D is awesome. Man, you are you are you you become smart in your old age. You you're picking up partners where you don't have to deal with your partner. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll scoop and deliver. Hell yeah! <laughs> so, but that's the thing that excited me, like. The partnership, and I guess the three letters, just exposed more um, talent that 
you know, you, if you're not watching a qualifier in Manhattan, you're not, and you're not going to see him in the draw, right? So we we played this night match in Virginia Beach, and uh, tell me, yeah, and and we go to John King, and you know, it's, there was a rain delay, and so we're trying to figure out like if we had bumped it, if we had delayed it until Sunday, uh, we would have, and and if and theoretically, if we're trying to win the tournament, we would we would have had to play six matches on Sunday, and so we mm-hmm. we we're trying to push it into Saturday night, but it's getting dark. So it's four of us. We all commit to playing. It's getting, man. It's getting real dark, and uh, uh, it, it was it was just a lot of fun. Um, uh, who was streaming it on Instagram Live? And uh, and I had so many people text me after that. Say, I just saw you. You know, in the dark. How are you even seeing out there? But uh, um, yeah, guys, just finding different ways to to get it out there. But you know, what's exciting is that 2010 when the AVP went bankrupt. You know, some people were arguing legitimate people are arguing that it might not be worth seven digits, you know, to buy it out of bankruptcy. And now arguably, uh, um, you know, conceivably it's in, into the eight digits and, uh, and Bally's, you know, putting investing time, resources, money into it. Uh, uh, and then there's others out there, you know, I'll be, I'll be invested into NVL and Molly, Molly Menard. And, and, uh, um, now you have Randy Metter talking about some interesting things out of Texas. Uh, um, and I, I love seeing, uh, new life and, and, blood sweat and and resources being put into volleyball so that's exciting well that was going to be my next subject what are some of the obstacles that that you seem to get in the way and, and this one I, I think i'll go first um the avp a partnership partnershiping with some of these people were were some of the exciting things but at the same time that's my same answer so some of the obstacles when if there isn't the reason why you're talking about all of the positive things that have happened, it's because of the the common denominator of inclusiveness, right? If you have this 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 establishment where you just tell people, no, we got our people for this, or we got our people for that, and we got our people for this, and got our people for that, um, that's an obstacle. That's an obstacle. Like Coconut Beach, you know what I'm saying? They had they had a commentating team. They had they had a broadcast team. They actually 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 I actually called center court last year. You know they want they're bringing their own people. That's that's silly, that's silly, and it's also divisive. You know, um, volleyball. I think what you were getting to before I busted in and, and interrupted this beautiful soliloquy you had was um, with uh, unity, right? With unity, with togetherness. I think that there that a, a lot can be done, and I think yes. right now the obstacle is sometimes there's a wall you know and i sound like i'm talking about myself but i'm no, but i'm only using myself as an example because that's the only thing i can reflect and experience it's been there over time right it's always a um an obstacle i think humans are gonna have to overcome mm-hmm. it's uh come you know selfishness uh, uh and versus unity yep and i'm hoping that comes i mean we i did a documentary called club coach um, it's it's on that computer somewhere and I got to decide if I want it to be on Hulu or if it's just a carajo thing that I put on YouTube. Um, and I visited New Orleans, spoke to Bruce White. You know Bruce, right? Mm-hmm. I went to Texas, spoke to Bobby Jones, Project Serve. I knew we knew we know Bobby for a long time. You and me. I've known him since 2002. Like every time I go to before. Texas, I play him. Yeah. I know he's such I mean, he's such a cool he's such a talk about a good energy person and two, two guarantees if you're going to go to Texas or it used to be you're going to play Bobby Jones and you're going to play Rochettes. Yes. <laughs> if, you, if you go deep enough, you're playing Rochettes and, and, and Peter. Yeah, definitely. 
Definitely. I, got, I, I think I went four four times. Uh, I went twice with Schwengel mm. over the last couple of years over COVID, and I, I think I lost four times, all four to Roshitz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but God, Bobby's doing some good things. I met Bobby when he was a model in New York, 2002. Yeah. He, we, he sang the Humpty Dance. We sang karaoke together. Yeah, that guy's got energy. Yeah, man, he does. He had a big old Lenny Kravitz afro toe. Um, don't make me look that up and put him on the light him up, boy. Who had a bigger afro, him or, or Earl Schultz? Oh, Schultz. Schultz gets big. He was on our six-man team, man. That guy, we came out Saturday morning, that leather, crusty uh, Wilson leather ball that's been sitting in a bag, you know, yeah. 40, 51 weeks a year for the last 20 years. <laughs> he came out Sunday morning and hit somebody in the face with that. I gave him like a middle one and a half set. I think the guy got a concussion. He, yeah. Uh, it was it was one of the heaviest hits I've seen with one of the gnarliest, crustiest balls. Yeah. And it was still cold. You don't even see the that. swing. The, where, from where he's cocking back and how he finishes, he is the torque. Ja- he is jacked. Yeah. He hits a heavy ball. It was, dude. I, I and just, the afro is so distracting, too. Yeah. I know. Yeah, you're up there and you think it's just this cool guy that's going to shoot the ball at you. And next thing you know, you're running into something you think is a cut and you're going to get concussed because you just got jack-jacked. Jack-jacked. Or, or is it jack-jack? Yeah, we like put that. A, we put our six-man team together in 10 days after Atlantic City. That was fun. Nice. Dude, yeah. Well, I got to train. Again, I got to train him and Jake for Hermosa Beach. and yeah. So happy he got that one. We had to beat actually Evan to get in. Kevin, Evan and um, Kevin Valela. So that was a, a good playing game for him and Jake, and they deserved it. Yeah. The right to get housed by the McKibbins the first round. Um, So, yeah, Bobby Jones, right? And then, then you got Nashville. You got Hayden. I was out there talking to him. Then you got Brian McDermott, who you I, you got to meet this guy if you haven't met him already. Have not. He's in Chicago. He has an indoor facility called Progression Beach Volleyball. He's all about those juniors. Like, if it's not... If it ain't about juniors, he don't care. He, he's 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 about that business. Carrie Shu, you know Wisconsin, we know her I already. A uh, Corey, uh, Bur- uh, a Colby Burleson, a Burleson. You, you have all these uh, uh, coach yeah. coach uh, credentials, these lanyards. Yeah, I have. I think I've coached twice, and one of them, or uh, they both might be Carrie Shu. Bo yeah. Kalinsky called me. His sister was playing with uh, Carrie Shu. He said, "You're coaching them." So so good. Who Carrie play with? Huntington and Manhattan Beach. It was a uh, um, Julie Kalinsky. Oh, Julie uh, uh, That's her maiden name, Bell's sister. They were great. Yeah, man. They had, uh, they, they, they got some wins. She got Carrie, a little. Carrie, Carrie's great. She got yeah. a little baby factory. She got a, she got she a, a baby um, factory and, and uh, yeah, the sandbox out there in yep. Wisconsin. She got um one kid that's ten months, but she says she wants to have five more. <laughs> I, had, I had some, I had some cheese curds in Wisconsin in honor of Carrie. Yes, coach. Yeah. Well, I was glad I had a chance to interview. I was out there anyway because I have a, um, I have a house in Fish Creek. My family has like this house that the last week of every June, we're out there and I'll, and for some reason, my my idiot self leaves before Wapaka, but um, Kobe Bur- Bur- Burleson, right, Utah. Um, who, Utah, yeah. Utah has a strong volleyball base. Those guys all go to the mother load too. Yeah. Yeah. He was there. He played um Jeff and um. I, I used to. Or go did to- he play you? He played Jeff and and. Burek, Kobe Burleson. Yeah. He played with Collins. One of my favorite towns in the world is Park City, and they have a couple, two or three, maybe four sand courts. I don't know how many. But I've, I've gone up there before randomly, and you know, it's a while ago, but like Casey Patterson will be there. And, uh, um, they're, yeah. they're, uh, and then maybe the most spectated match I've ever played against was uh, Strickland and I against uh, Gib Patterson in Salt Lake. 
2012 when AVP <laughs> was coming back, and I know they weren't watching us, but it was fun. Dude, they must have. Um, we got, we yeah, got, we got heckled. A small village, though, right? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And Speaking know, of and small know, villages, and, and Utah, right? they know volleyball. They, they, they yeah. were, they were intelligent. God, so much to be grateful of Casey Patterson. That was the unique thing about that tournament. That was the only air-conditioned players tent I've ever seen. That was amazing. Yeah. Oh, cool. What? It's Donald's son. I think that was his first kind of breakout tournament. He wanted to. He wanted yeah. to do it right. I was impressed. Yeah. I say big up to that guy too. Um, I've been one of his biggest critics, but at the same time, I don't criticize people just on for for its own sake. I like that this man had a vision. The I man like, in the, I man like in the he, arena. Yeah, I, but I like that he bet on himself. Yeah. Um, and and I like that he took chances. Like no one was a fan of the scoring freeze until until a year in, and then all of a sudden the fans loved it. And maybe Ricardo, guys like Ricardo, whatever, still don't like it. You know. Uh, um, and Stafford Slick loves it. I'm sure him and Billy Allen, they, they had some, some comebacks. Theo, Theo loved it, and then he doesn't love it anymore. Yes, I had Theo on the podcast. But, but I'm, uh, listen, first of all, my criticism is fair. Second of all, uh, I give credit where credit's due. The guy um, took, some, took some chances and had to be brave as far as like player relations, and, and he did it, and he, and he did it his way, you know, right? And why wouldn't you if you're the one responsible if things go wrong, right? You got you have to you have to be able to shot be able to shot be the shot caller, um, if if you're responsible. Do you, do you know the man in the arena quote? Of course I do. So Travis Muwitter says it all the time, and I mean, and I have a love hate relationship. And, with and that. he's a you know he somewhat he's a writer, but he, you kind of have to be a critic when you're writing, yeah. or, you know he, he does it in a very nice way. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's uh, I you know I'm just like everyone else. I, yeah. I I critique people sometimes, but I always remember the man in the arena. Give, well, the man in the arena. Oh, to me, I have a love hate relationship with the man in the arena because if. I cross the line and say, oh, that person quit. He has no heart. And if I've never played volleyball, then I've crossed the line. Give me the man in the arena speech. I'll take that speech twice. But this whole notion that someone never played, so they're wrong, is a classic non sequitur. That's bullshit. Yeah. It's bullshit. So Chuck Daly has never dribbled a basketball. And you're a Michigan guy. Chuck Daly's never dribbled. Dri- he's, in, dri- he's in the he's, arena. But he's never dribbled a basketball in his life. And he was coaching and critiquing players harshly and this and that. He's not he's not in the arena, okay, per se. He's but never touched that, the basketball. That applies to him though, too, when he's trying right. to beat Michael Jordan. Yeah. In uh, ninety I mean in nineteen ninety one. Yeah. But if I'm gonna have a conversation about basketball, um, do I trust Jeff Van Gundy or do I uh, do I do I trust Isaiah Thomas just because Isaiah Thomas has been in, in 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 been playing on the court and won two rings? I think Van Van Gundy has more wins, right? As a coach, I don't know. As a coach, yeah. Van Gundy's played high school basketball. I, I think but that, the point that, I was tr- that yeah. quote can apply to you know, and, and, and man is wasn't probably the true intention. It was probably more more just person um, trying to master their craft. Yeah, don't you know? Be careful about critiquing, or maybe Jesus might say before you uh, before you point out the log, or before you point out the speck in your neighbor's eye. You might when you have to, a board in your own, might want to take care of the log in your own eye. Yeah, actually, yeah. The, King James Version says board, but I like log. <laughs> log. Come on, board is like this, right? Log is like, I'm, I'm more of a dude, new, hypocrite. <laughs> I'm, I'm a new American standard guy. Yeah. I was I was on a, a random fact about John Please. Mesco. I was on a Bible quizzing team mm-hmm. in high school. Nice. Crazy. Yeah. Well, as a guy who served in the military, 
um, I share. I nobody co-signs about the value of the man in the arena story more than more than me, more so than any other elite athlete. Okay, um, because. I'm a Gulf War vet, right? People are protesting the war. Some people have this habit of taking out on the soldiers, right? We we don't get to choose where we go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're, we're not, I mean, we're just, I joined the army because I saw G.I. Joe. I wanted to help people that couldn't help themselves, right? And then all of a sudden I'm being yelled at by a bunch of people who who don't know what the hell I'm going through. So I, I appreciate the men in the arena. And I always tell people, I'm like, dude, take it out with the politicians. That dude, buy him a drink. Say thank you, you know. So yeah, so I, I understand if we were being if if literal, if figuratively and, and literal, would a literal have this side of the middle? Um, yeah. And and we can say I hope I hope someday none of us have to go do that. No, every male member of my family served, including well, my sister who's, my who did two tours in Afghanistan. Yeah. Thank God we're all alive. Yeah. That's great. Yep. But I, I, I like that. I like that little fun fact about Mr. Mesco. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. We, we went too long about man in the arena. I'm not being literal. I'm like, it, dude, a man in the arena? <laughs> that dude dies if he's wrong. You ain't no man. None of y'all are men in the arena. Shut the hell up. None of y'all are, are in a situation where if you lose, you die. Stop. Stop with that. So uh, no, but I, that's I, I get ult- it. That's the ultimate yeah, in the arena. It is. It's like gladiators. But Travis says it a lot. And I, and, I, and I like that he says it because, you know, he's one of those guys that had a lot of doubters coming up. People that will never do um, what little or lot that that you see, what you see on that man's BVB page. Mm-hmm. I, I, I respect that dude a lot. an amazing year this year. Yep. I respect that dude a lot. Amazing I wish year. I could find that video that's- where he... To open hand the sky ball. Did you see wow, that? I did not. He went to playing his Canadian uh, tournament, right? And came shock. They were telling came shock to uh, sky ball because came always misses. And he served a sky ball, and Travis comes under the ball and takes it with his hands clean, and everyone just goes, "Oh!" Love, it. Love that. <laughs> so big, big plug up to him. I was honored to make his book. Yeah. How about that, huh? Yeah. First great, of all, the guy, writer. the guy can write. He's yeah. a he's a good outdoorsman too. He's he's got picked up surfing this year. Uh, we go backpacking. We were we were COVID uh, backpackers, uh, mm. uh, little family backpackers. And uh, him and I went up to Sequoia Forest last fall just for a quick trip and found this little nugget called Heather Lake. And man, that is a that is a mental reset. Just hanging out on the lake for a day mm. or two. Yeah, no one around. Yeah. So, well, to quote to quote this the great Sanford Meisner, "There's no such thing as nothing." theater reference mm. of course there's no such thing as nothing you're out there and you're you're looking out there and it looks like you're doing nothing but let me tell you something brother it, it's something <laughs> it's truly something yeah it really is especially living in la just that kind of reset is uh is really really yeah. healthy yeah we could definitely have a conversation about mental health and this and that and i've talked to so many people on my podcast who had um to overcome obstacles. Riley Salmon has a story to tell. You know, I had friends that had a story, you know, a story to tell about Eric Zahn. You know, the, like a lot yeah. of people didn't NBL, see that coming. And, those some are both and some people NBL did. NBL guys. Yep. They both played on the NBL. Yeah. This is my first commentating gig. And, NBL? Uh, Hermosa Beach. Um, yeah. Moran and Cabbage from the qualifier all the way to the finals lost to uh, Paul Zahn. I think they beat us in that tournament. In the quarterfinals. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, don't tell me you finished third again. <laughs> might, have, might have been a fifth. Might have been a fifth. Drew Mallon. 
Palm and Zahn. They, were, they were good. Palm what? Palm and Zahn. I played them a lot on the NBL. Yeah. Palm is a caveman. Yeah. He's a caveman. Yeah. He used to wear these uh, uh, yellow socks. I think in that yes. tournament <laughs> with the palm, palm trees on them. <laughs> I'll bet you still has them. Albie was trying to get me to find a hose. He's like, can you please get a hose out here so Palm will take those socks off? Uh, I think he still had them. I was coaching him and Samuels in Huntington uh, in 2019. And he had the welder's glass. He had the the welder's Uh, glasses. And he had these yellow socks. I didn't see what was on them, though. I need to know how it feels to get hit in the face with the ball with that welder's welder's mask on. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, the other... The other thing is him and Kalinsky and Haydn need to explain to me how you play with a long sleeve shirt on in hundred hundred degree weather. That's fascinating. Yeah. I don't know. Well, they won't have any hot dog tans. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, right. yeah. I Big think- up Palm. If you're listening and sometimes you do doing some really good work with the juniors out, um, out in Florida. He's it's some of the most proud work he's done as a player yeah. or a coach. He just, man, he, he just passed a lot of guys this year. Yeah. People used to, uh, they, you know, I was playing in the NVL for, to, to all of 2015 and 16 and uh i took a little flack from it kind of going over from the avp and not like i was a big guy in the avp but uh people were kind of discrediting it but uh you know the top four five six guys zon piotr skyler yeah. palm uh um they all they all climbed up the avp ranks pretty quick and palm was the last guy in that this year and i, I yep. it feels like he's kind of locked in the main draw now with with his points when I saw him win um, 2016 Hermosa Beach, I said, if this guy is ever in an AVP in Hermosa Beach, he, he, can, he can beat anyone in the top four. And then three years later, right, he qualifies with Dylan Merrick. Mm-hmm. And, he, and Case Beer and Shock had just won Seattle. Mm-hmm. And he beats Case Beer and Shock on center court. Wow. 2 up. Wow. And Caveman. I didn't did, know that. Caveman did at the net. Yeah. Wow. Well, I call that tournament the he's tournament. A good, he's a good yeah. blocker. He is. Good server. Yep. But, but he's one of those guys like you. It's impossible to guess his age because like in 2019, they're like, oh, wow, that's a young upstart. And I'm like, no, that's a caveman, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Unga Bunga needs sleeves. <laughs> yeah, him and Rafi are just going to disguise their face with facial hair. Yeah. Oh, Street Jesus? Yeah. Rafi? Yeah. Rafi. I was, I was with Jesus. Rafi, Evan, Corey, and came and I did a little sunset session last night, a little sunset dip with some people, with some friends. It's nice. I like I like Rafi a lot. I do too. He's warm. He's personable. I know him and Jeff are tight too. And yeah, they were roommates for a bit, for a minute, right? Yeah. In fact, right across the street from where I live now, I'm telling people where I live. Thanks a lot, dude. So, as far as like your playing career, there's as a as a as a indoor a long time indoor player, I've had these spurts where I'm like, this is the most fun I've I've had playing, and then a second spurt, wow, this is the most fun I've had playing. Do you have a memory where you're like, this is the most fun I'm I'm having in volleyball right now? Was there like a time period, um, even even if it's the present, even if you're a prisoner of the moment, um, work with me on that one as I'm shaping my question. Well, Adam Roberts would, would qualify this. He'd say, well, did you win that tournament? You know, when you're saying I had the most fun, and it's usually right. the tournaments you won. So I went to St. Lucia with Will Montgomery for Norseka, and we went uh, uh, on sets. We went 10-0, and 0, went five straight matches through the tournament, just won, got handed our envelope of $1,500 cash each or something, got all taken care of, and just went out on the town. It was really fun. And, that, that you know, we went in the, the, the Sulphur Hot Springs on the way back, and and jumped off this cliff and Will's an adventurer and that, that was a great time. Good Lord. But 
there's there's been I've had some pretty amazing times with some competitors like Dane Blanton was really fun to play with and just taught me a lot about the game and uh, um, I just enjoy pushing myself and challenging uh, every point to get better mentally and physically. Yeah, I had fun playing with Blanton. Uh, every 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 match, every tournament you win, big you know, big pressure, big money match, big you know, big tournament is uh, is pretty fun. And still clipping away a few this year. Nice, I appreciate that. Now, good. I'm glad I, I had a chance to like shape that, and you kind of like got that. Yeah. Um, it's weird because very very rarely do you remember you have this great memory of the time of your life in a losing effort, right? It's just not. They're not. They're not. They're strange bedfellows. They're not. They're not married. They're not even kissing cousins. They're. They're. They're strange bedfellows. You know what I love is when is when someone comes out and has never seen beach volleyball before. And this happened a couple of times this year. Hermosa, Manhattan had some friends come out, and uh, and they just said, "This is amazing. I love this." And uh, and came one. They came at Theo one in Hermosa and Sarah. Uh, they all came out afterwards. Uh, so Scott, you know, record coach to coach the women and the men. Yeah, Davenport winners. And so we all we took them over to Vista and had give them a celebratory cocktail, and it was just uh, um, seeing seeing some of the people who'd never seen a volleyball tournament before. It was great to see how much they loved it with, yeah. without really knowing anything about it. Well, that's the cool thing about Hermosa Beach as well. It, I think if and there's any venue that attracts a demographic of people who never watch beach because of where the the where it is um, geographically, people are walking by, and. I mean, you'll see. Maybe we'll see someone get after it instead of not going through the motions. But that's a whole gripe. That's a whole nother gripe. Boom! Fans, they're watching. They're staying. They're coming back the next day. It's on that big screen where you can see it from Hennessy's, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You know what? You, yeah, you know what I mean. I do. I do. <laughs> it's hard to get in the stadium, so you had to had to do it. But uh, mm. um, Kurt Rambis, uh, I, I discovered volleyball pretty late. Maybe twenty seven, twenty eight is when I first started playing heavy. But uh, Kurt Rambis came out much later than that after he retired NBA, and uh, and he said this is the greatest sport. I love it, and I'm going to play this. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of uh, ex ex basketball, ex football guys. Matt Leinart likes playing a little. Yeah, uh, Richard Luke, Jefferson, Luke Walton. You know those yeah. guys. Uh, you know, was Kareem the first kind of legendary? Well, uh, Wilt. Uh, sorry, Wilt. Yeah. Wilt. That's what I meant. Uh, um, I, you know, to come as out, a Knicks to come fan, out I remember and, Wilt uh, well. <laughs> it's it it transit basketball to uh, volleyball transitions well. Yeah, it really does. Um, yeah, well, Wilt said no sport commands jumping more than volleyball does, and, and arguably, former basketball player, right? Arguably, many volleyball players, their preference might have been basketball. You know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that, that's me. No, you're maybe, you're, maybe I'm maybe I'm speaking. For, no, as a, look, as a kid from Brooklyn who chose volleyball over basketball, I might be the exception that rewrites the rule, but the majority wise, you're. I'm just picturing. You're not incorrect. <laughs> I'm picturing whoever sitting on the end of the bench, the sixth guy on the basketball team, and the volleyball coach comes over and picks him up, says, "Hey, you want to start? Yeah. You want to start for me? Yeah, you'll be a starter. You'll be a star." There it is. See, and also no beach is even better. It's like no bench. You look if you suck, we can't bench you. <laughs> but I, here in, in the South Bay, Miracosta, I bet it's the opposite. I'm imagining uh, Avery Dross. He, he yeah. coaches uh, the indoor boys. Yeah, I, I imagine um, he's going over to the basket. Uh, um, so the, the basketball coaches come over to the volleyball team, saying, "Hey, we please, we need better basketball players." <laughs> That's definitely happened for Redondo Union too. Yeah. Duncan Avery, longtime coach there. I think um, Kev Norman. Kevin Norman's yeah. there now, yeah. but Duncan Avery is the guy that that got my in, got me, gave me my in for um, indoor when I moved here. No one knew me. 
took a chance with me. I really... Speaking of legendary volleyball tournaments, I've always wanted to play in the Calcutta, which is always the same weekend as the Motherload. And Kevin yeah. Kevin Norman, legend. Uh, I've always wanted to play in it. Uh, I think Love Prima won it this four year. Four is savage, right? A four yeah, is savage. I've never played in it. Always been at the Chicago AVP or the Motherload or both. Yeah. Well, I've had the chance to see both. So, well, Motherload for the first time. I'm... It's my first special. announcing gig, people, that was, I mean, a, a lot. what a lot of people don't know is I'm, by trade, I'm a color commentator and play-by-play -play guy, so that was the first time I grabbed a mic and did announcing and did starting lineups, but... um, Maybe I take Hermosa and Manhattan for granted, uh, it's possible, but uh, yeah. that my three favorite tournaments of the year are Seaside, you know, 1,500 teams and, and, what is it, like 150 courts? Yeah. How many times have I said like this podcast so far? <laughs> I'm trying to go Dude, trying to go zero. But I'm, I'm meant to about, do the one at, minute I think challenge. I'm at four. Uh, so Seaside, Motherload, and then Chicago AVP. Just the um, the Drake in the background, the Chicago skyline on Oak Street Beach, and my Midwestern people there. It's it's. Amazing. I was just gonna say the the people in Chicago. People. I, I grew up six hours north of there in Michigan. I remember I was interviewing Madison McKibben. He said, Jay, no, no disrespect to New York because he knows I love my, my city. He says, but the fans out there are just so not, um, very much like New York. Uh, mm. This great immigration population. Like You got a lot of a great, uh, po talented Polish players in Chicago. Um, in New York, same thing. You have a handful of Russian dudes. Um, I'm talking indoor mm -hmm. predominantly, of course, but highly knowledgeable on the sport and just big, big, avid, savage fans. And... And um, I did go to Chicago again to interview Brian McDermott, and I went to uh, the beach. I forgot Oak Beach, Oak Street, Oak Street Beach. Yeah. I went there and I met Mike Muldeen, that guy with the beard who takes pictures with everybody. He's like, okay. he's like our Spike Lee man. He's a super fan. <laughs> he's always on center court. He's got the money, I guess. <laughs> Love that. Volleyball needs a Spike Lee. They need a they need a um, Jack Nicholson for the Lakers, um, which. It's Eddie from 16th Street. I yeah. That's who we got. Yep, no doubt. So, God, you, did you see that mo the show, um, The Lakers Dynasty, Winning Time? No. The whole concept, the original concept of saying we have to have celebrities in our stands was a Lakers thing. Mm. Something I didn't know. And it was basically, it was basically a 10-part thing talking about Dr. Buss a very young, young genie bus and what they had to do with recruiting magic, um, the, the, the rivalry with the Lakers. And if you've ever seen this, you would appreciate why some Californians are sore winners. <laughs> you know, where they, when they win, they're just like, in your face, Because ah! if you had to deal with Red Auerbach and, that, and see that mm. smirk, Every year, like, yeah, you, you'll be all right. You, you did good, kid. You know, a little, a little tap on the head. When you finally beat someone like that, you 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 know, you, it's like you stomp a roach and kill it, but you're still stomping after the roach is dead. <laughs> Just boom, 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 boom. Great, great watch. A great watch if, if it's something, if I you will. ever, if you ever want to box at something. Or, yeah. You know, they say, I think Fletch said it as his first mm. date is a Laker for every girl that he that he yeah. went out with. was His first date was a favorite at the Laker game. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I think the Laker game is one of the best nights in town. Maybe, maybe, maybe anywhere. There, there's an energy there that's pretty impressive. It's electric. I've been to a Lakers game. Unless been... they don't make the playoffs. I went yeah. to the last game of the season last year. That was awful. I went to Lakers and Nets when the Nets had Garnett and um and um, Pierce, and I thought that was a fun game. Yeah, it was fun. I'd like yeah. to see Garnett play beach volleyball. Garnett would 
murder it, dude. <laughs> Carnot would have the time. He'd be cramping up. We got to we'll, something. We got to fix that first year he's playing. Because <laughs> I could see both of those skinny legs just locking up, <laughs> and him praying, praying to Jesus, making sure his life is straight with God <laughs> from the pain. But yeah, so the the one thing I like to know, the reason why I brought it up is something you could appreciate because I was going to use that as a segue to something else. He was talking about swans. When swans are swimming on the lake, right? They're beautiful, they're elegant, and it just looks like they're floating along. It's effortless. But if you look under the water and watch watch the way those those web feet are just pedaling like a mother motherfucker, it is a great example of the work being put together to make this look beautiful to make this look beautiful that place under that place mm. is pedaling mm. and working and grinding like a like a like a mother, who, who was it henry ford maybe said mm-hmm. uh i'm a big believer in good luck and i find that i have a lot of it when i work really hard yes it's one of my favorites wow Nice. Uh, um, I like that. Marcus Partain and I played Volus at the Manhattan AVP one morning just to get get a workout in. And if you get a good Volus player, if you're well matched, equally matched, it's one of the best workouts. You play yeah. a, play a, a three game, a three set match. So we were, he and I were after we're talking about how tired were you? Were you tired? Because I it couldn't tell. And and that's that's that that's the gamesmanship is is um, you know just posturing and and trying to play play a little poker and let the other guy know that I'm not tired. Uh, yeah, we just had a long rally and I'm ready to go. And I, I got that from the bike world, um, mountain bike and road racing, a little like Lance Armstrong, you know, going up a hill, uh, you're just kind of looking over at the other guy like, yeah, this is not that big of a deal. And, and your, your heart rate's at 190. You're just trying to control your breathing and even talk a little bit to make it seem like you're not tired. Uh, that in, in Volus, uh, that's one of my favorite games, uh, that that's, uh, important. Yeah. I... Fitness and posturing. Yep. So you, uh, I read a little bit about your mountain biking, um, com- how could I say, competitive events and, and just you, one of your passions and one of the things that you excelled at before before or, or maybe said way into beach volleyball. Segway. Talk to me a little bit about that. Um, I remember you did a you proposed a wheelie challenge at the mother load. That was pretty, nobody that was pretty me, funny. Nobody took me up on it. It's a free roll. Dude, you're you're a mother load every year. They already know be, your background. You, you can't come out like the new guy and beat act like a, they don't know you. you. Ride a wheelie longer than me, you get a hundred dollars. I'll I'll throw that out uh, to anybody except those stunt riders. I could picture beach. one I could picture one guy and say, saying, I'll do that and then and the guy just grabbed him like, dude, that's John Mesco. <laughs> you know. So so in, that's not a new guy. Don't let him do that. <laughs> growing up in Michigan, uh, uh, volleyball was a girl's sport. So when I saw yeah. it, that, I have a, 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 a crisp memory of two guys peppering in our high school gym. And I just said to myself, why are they playing a girl's sport? Uh, and so uh, I, I, I picked up the mountain bike and my friends and I would just train every day. And, and eventually I got into racing and I was fortunate. Uh, I, I got on the national tour. It's called Norba National Championship Series, um, not unlike the AVP. And, and won a, at the right time, right place, I won a big race, uh, won the national championships at 18. For, yeah. for juniors that's cool and so I, I raced uh i raced bikes for 20 years from from maybe 12 to 32 uh i was touching feeling racing bikes um almost every weekend and then when i found volleyball it was such a breath of fresh air just because when you you know we're traveling to all these tournaments you know i just got back from colorado and it's a long day of travel each way if you, have yeah. a, if you have a bad bike race, you're all beat up, torn up, it's yeah. bloody, just, muddy, and it's a long drive home. But, you know, you, 
we had a tough beat there against Bjork and Samuels in the semis, and we just uh, went for a little hike, went in the jacuzzi, and it's not that bad of a day. You know, we just finished what, third at the motherload. What happened at um, 18 up? You guys, um, you hit the ground, and I think Rochette's, um, I don't know if he fell over you, but I know it was 18 up, and you were on the back line, and you were on the floor, and Rochette's is on the floor. Oh, yeah. Was I, there a I, collision? I think he, uh, he, he, dug it off the court and uh I, I tried to get him a good transition set put him on top and and uh it was, it was just a long rally that ended oh, okay. up with both of us on the ground okay it was, a, it was a tough point and then i hit the next ball just like a half an inch out yeah That's the fifth time i said like it was one of my favorite matches and i was actually announcing another one i was doing the ladies um semifinals um smiling jackie wegner and um tess rogers against um wopat and spieler yeah. um the love, ladies love that team look i followed you and and um steven and i follow mark and whatever um i'm, I'm a brother just a brother from another mother i'm front I'm, I'm on my worst day we're friend me and you are friendly we, so, we, we all would rather watch honey, yeah. Bee, honey Bee and carly yes the girls stole the freaking show they're, they're right and the girls and uh at, in putting, the quarterfinals stole the show i already put in my request for carly but Honeybee, we're going to negotiate Sunday night when we jump, or Monday night when we jump off the pier. We want them both on our women's six-man team next year. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. But collectively, like Katie Piles, uh, Lena Sokolowski, uh, Wagner. Uh, um, the ladies are great. They stole the show. Yeah. I, 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 I am more, always more intrigued by men's beach than women because of how fast the ball moves, right? So that lightning in a bottle makes men's more attractive. But this was like... They played the right song. Who runs the world? Girls. <laughs> Who runs the world? Girls. <laughs> that was an awesome song before yeah. the finals. Yes. That was uh, my choice, by the way. They, um, so what got you into volleyball? Was it girls? Uh, that, was a, that was a component, but it was just more uh, the, entire, you know, the entire process. Uh, I, I found this, this beach uh, later, you know, maybe when I was 20, and, and saw guys. I think some guys ran from California and northern Michigan, and I saw them just kind of being real athletic, you know, bouncing a ball uh, and, and you know, playing really well. And it's like, wow, this is really cool. And, and, the whole, and, and, you bat, and you pan out, and you see your friends on a boat, these guys over here with a cooler and them with a grill and it's just a the summer scene it's it's what every liquor commercial puts in the backdrop in their b-roll and that's what beach volleyball is and when when i finally made it to hermosa beach and was was uh, um you know just infiltrated into the scene i, I was I, I didn't think it was real it's, it's it's a it's a vacation every day dude bud come back home where you belong dude <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it really is it's 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 it's, it's an it's an amazing lifestyle I love it. it. Yeah, I played as played as long as I can. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, heard you and, and you and Kame talking about the Haydn program. I gotta I gotta stay on that. Stay yeah. on the Haydn program. Definitely. I'm again, people, fifty two, and I don't even look it. I look like a creepy thirty five. <laughs> <laughs> hey, little girl, <laughs> help, help. <laughs> Just you, you, you carry your cute daughter around. Uh, um, yeah. How old is she? She's five. Five. Just carry her around. You get a pass for whatever you want. Dude, yeah. Some people have a dog, right? And that's how they attract girls. I got a a little Queen Daenerys looking thing from Game of Thrones upstairs um, in the studio, next to the studio. So let's do, um, I usually have like one minute debate questions, but I really like this conversational format. But for its own sake, I want to do a 60 second lightning round, a quick question, and then boom. Um, So let's set up the clock. There's my clock. I like that. 
And let's go. Best condition partner you ever played with. Wow. Uh, Earl Schultz. I don't. I yeah, don't know if I played I like with him. That. Um, the most angry partner you ever played with. Hmm. <laughs> Is that like Skyler or Dana? <laughs> <laughs> Dana was one of the most interesting. But yes. yeah, he he can play angry. The player you look forward to playing the most. Uh, Taylor Crab or Miles Partain. Nice. Thumbs up or thumbs down. NCAA Beach is now 16 teams uh, for the playoffs. Thumbs medium. Nice. Single elimination for that. Thumbs up or thumbs down. I always prefer double them. Okay. Freeze or no freeze? No freeze. Uh, pool or beach? Uh, beach. Yeah. Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Your other favorite sport? Surfing. Childhood sports idol. Michael Jordan. Seinfeld or Curb Your Enthusiasm? Seinfeld is the best show in history. <laughs> nice. It really is. So one of the one of these questions, now that the lightning round is done, was last good book you read. But I, um, before we talk about the last good book you read, I noticed on your profile, you one of your favorite books is... Um, I believe it's called Zen and the um, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, right? Now I wanted to talk about that because it was required required reading for me in um, college wow. for um, stagecraft. It's a, a good college. Yeah, stagecraft, scenery, and rigging. We we had to understand, like, you know, how something look, how something felt. Every acting major, you had to take that class. So, so wow. why this book? And what intrigues you about it? It's, I mean, look, it's a great read, but it's all, it's all, it could be, it's an educational tool. It's, it's so many things rolled up in one. Talk to me a little bit about the book, why you like this book and what it means to you. Well, the core of the book is, uh, he's trying, the author's trying to define quality. You, you read it? Yeah. So he's, Robert Piercig is trying to define quality. It's somewhat of an autobiography. And that's one of life's greatest questions is why are we here and what, what really are we searching for and what, what um, should we be doing or what should we be working on? How do, we, uh, how do we achieve quality in our lives? And so that's a question I ask myself every day. What, do I, what kind of person do I want to be today? What do I want to work on? What do I want to build? We usually, uh, uh, humans as a race generally underest uh, overestimates what they can get done in a day but underestimates what they can get done in a, a month or a year. And so I just, I like chipping away at it. Yeah. Well, me, the thing I got from it is that there are some people who are about rationality, right? And there are some people who are about romanticism. And romanticism is often, the, the more often than not. The classical romantic. Yeah, yeah they're often, romanticism is often associated with irrationality. So, right? so you got Dr. Spock over here from Star Trek. Right. And then you have the romantic. Yeah. Uh, you must be here. out of your Vulcan mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, the thing I liked about that, that was awesome. The thing I liked about that is this book is that he learned that these things he has an he had an appreciation. He had to have a later appreciation for for the romantic for side because he was the he was the Spock. Right. Well, I think the reason the reasoning behind it is the irrational as a term gets a bad rap. Irrational means uh, is synonymous with um, behavior uh, accepting something that's not supported by fact. Right. But then, as you live your life, and some things that are accepted as fact, as facts change, you 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 had this rigid lifestyle guided by a certain a certain amounts of principles, and you're like, well, the facts change, so do I change, and I'm like, or why don't you just try this, 
without rhyme or reason and that's 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 a very important uh thing for actors uh, uh that was my major i was in the bfa program in Marymount, manhattan um for us to to talk in dialogue and and um disagree agree maybe argue you know like we had some dude we had some people walk out of class snorting angry about just oh this doesn't make sense don't do it and i'm like no sometimes you don't sometimes you do so and the the, the important thing i got out of this was as a returning adult student i was 33 when i went back to school there's they teach you how to a, a way of acting where if you get up and move across the room you need a reason to right and that's synonymous with young people because young people you could teach that from the ground up old people you have to break them down and rebuild it right because they're already used to a way they're um it's tough for them to give up control we're control freaks you know we have a certain way of doing it that shit what what no and but then there's another technique a uh, Chekhov Michael Chekhov not Anton Chekhov not the playwright <laughs> um both both Russian no where you just get up and move across the room and move back move again move back you're free and then you start figuring out the why and as an actor there's certain people that that works for them because as they figure out why during the rehearsal process their acting choices are more organic and they're not given to them you know so it allows you to reflect as an artist but at the same time you know sooner or later you got to come back to the other because some of the films and stuff you have to do you have to do under direction not mm -hmm. not not what you feel like doing unless mm -hmm. you're like a rock star who gets to do whatever they want so so as an actor just understanding uh, rationality and romanticism and, and the differences and why they don't exist on their own and which side of the middle are we as human beings is just, is just it's, it's mind-blowing. That's a good lead-in to the book I'm reading right now, which is one of my new favorites. It's called Be Here Now by Ram Dass. Uh, Tell uh, dude, let's go. That's, I mean, it, it's all in the title, Be Here Now, and, and life is always changing. Science changes every day. You know, mm -hmm. facts are facts are disproven, and and new, uh, you know, new experiments every day, and that that's our lives. So just be here now, be present, and uh, and be the most compassionate, empathetic, hardworking, uh, beautiful souls that we can be. Yeah, I mean, it's all we can ask. Gumption trap is another thing I got out of that book. Mm. Like, and I didn't appreciate until I moved to California, and I basically wrote down an event or mindset that can cause a person to lose enthusiasm and be discouraged from starting or continuing mm. a project. Mm. So he was in Montana, where I just was, and he was hiking with his son. We're still talking about motorcycle maintenance. Yeah, I didn't mean to go. He's hiking, hiking go with Chris, that, his son, and he's he's on the side of the mountain, and he's looking, and, he, and they're getting past the tree line, and he's looking at the top, and he said, the top, no one really wants to go to the top it's above the tree line it's windy up there it's cold there's nothing there's no there's no nature there's no life you know that's why people die on everest is because there's nothing up there it's just cold yeah uh, cold and wind and he's and he's still at the tree line he's like he's looking at the sides he goes this is where the life is the sides but then he has this kind of moment of of realization where he says it's the top that defines the sides in fact without the top you can't have the sides and that that applies to our goals and and what he what we can get done in a year is we can we can you know climb a mountain in a year and we can build some amazing things uh, um, but without that top, without that end goal, you don't have the sides and all the all the life and all the messy lessons we learn along the way. Wow, that's a actually a rather acute um, observation. Mine was a little bit more um, <laughs> broad. Mine was basically 
when I moved here, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get up and I'm going to start this project. I'm setting two hours out of the day to do this. And then the sun comes well, that, out, right? No, but that's, and then I'm at that's, Starbucks. That's, you what know? Mo- that's what most people are missing is just just those two hours. Yeah, uh, You just got to start. Step number one. Yeah. Um, yeah, most people, I, I see a lot of people get lost in, uh, in, in just starting and putting one foot in front of the other and, and making stuff happen. Right. Is that a form of structure? And one of the things that's attributed to some of the success you've had with restaurants and stuff, stuff you've been doing in Hermosa Beach? Yeah, I, 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 I think hard work breeds good luck and, uh, and, and, uh, and brings a lot of fulfillment to your life. Even if, even, even if everything that you build gets, gets torn down like a sandcastle, you can just build it back up again. Yeah. Max Kellerman from ESPN once said, luck is the residue of design. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things I liked about luck but I really um, CM Punk once said luck is for losers <laughs> but the, the thing I like Gordon Parks spoke at my graduation Gordon Parks Jr. and said be prepared for luck mm. and, and in theater love it and, and I'd like you to you're going to I'd like you to take over in a minute be, but I'll speak in terms of theater like if you have this opportunity that's rare and now you have all eyes on you for this moment, whereas your time to shine, you cannot be unprepared for that. You're, it fell in your lap. That's the lucky part. Yeah. You know, um, and now you got to make it happen. For I'll give you another example. Like if I'm in a building and, and you're in a building and you run 66 stairs, right? And I run 44. Meritocracy wins because you ran the most stairs. But getting in the building to run the stairs, floor is yours. Um, well, you had, you had came on recently a month ago and he was talking about the bad luck of, of Theo clamping Taylor a couple times, two, two different times in the final goes off his body, pops back over. So I, I, I see luck as, as a product of hard work. And then when you have, when you have good luck, it just, it's, it's not good news or bad news. It's just news and celebrate. I, I love taking time to celebrate, but then you just move on and in the flow and karma of life, you're probably going to have some bad luck. It's going to come your way. You know, I guess stung by a stingray <laughs> right before the Denver AVP. <laughs> that is some bad luck. Good Lord. That is painful. That's, that's one of the most painful experiences of my life. But played, ended up playing the next day with Gabe Ospina. Had a great, had a fun tournament and uh, realized how, uh, how good Angel Dashi is. That's good. Jump serve. When he's a streaky jump server too, man. He was, he was, he was on it. He was on his jump serve. And that's yeah. another altitude tournament. Yeah. Did I answer the question? You did. Did I pass or fail? No, you passed. Flying colors. I mean, there's the the only answer. The, the only wrong answer is the one that comes from a dishonest place. That that wasn't like a like a right or wrong answer. <laughs> no, that was genuine, and I like that you brought up Angel because he's another classy guy, and I like that you brought up Gabe Espino because that's yeah. add him to the long he's list a, of partners a, where you don't have to deal with your partner. You 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 if, you, you got him right, uh, man. I was injured. Uh, you know. I think uh, going into the Fort Lauderdale five star, that would have been two, January 2018. We were the number eight. Um, mm-hmm. Adam Roberts and I were the number eight ranked U.S. team internationally. That was about the highest I've ever been ranked. Going into that tournament, I injured my knee, and that that uh, spawned into a three-year knee rehab program. And this is this is the first year I felt healthy in a while, and I've I've had some been grateful to have some good partners. Gave us Bina, Casey Losick. Uh, Steve Rochitz, uh, um, good good partners to play with. Feel very fortunate. 
That's so good. Yeah, well, you pick. I'll, I'll get. I'll get. I guess guys. in your veteran age, you picking them wisely. You're yeah. like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, people people forget about guys. I still call Mark Williams once every year to say, hey, man, "Two what, years ago, he was like say, in the man, finals." Man, what are you up to? Was he in the finals at Laguna? People, two people years forget ago? about guys. Gabe Ospina is a great player. I'm not going to forget about him. No. Him and, him and Matt Olson were on the list to uh, to play Manhattan Qualifier. That's a bad, All the time, that's yeah. a bad draw. If it, you get them first a round. sucky draw. <laughs> that's a terrible draw no. for you. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? You you know, thought you were in San Diego teaching little girls. You're get supposed get to, out of here. You're supposed to come out in the first round and just have a warm-up warm up game if you're a high seed. That's a bad draw. That's kind of like getting uh, Duncan and Daniel Dalany. It's like Travis Scott, but he he, yeah. made, he made good work of it. But that's a that's a uh, that was a landmine as well. Yeah, I mean, that was like... Remember we were talking about Earl Schultz, Earl and Jake in Chicago had to had to yeah. play Hayden and Brunner to get into the draw. That's not it's that's a bad, bad draw. That sucks. <laughs> so it's bad luck. Just yeah. got to go to the next tournament. Yeah. Um, in the off season, do you lift, or are you um, are you are you a yoga guy or? I'm a yoga guy. I've never really enjoyed lifting weights. I uh, I play no jump. We're on the No Jump Tour in the off season. Came and Theo, our yeah. prime, they're, they're staples on the No Jump Tour. Banesh was a, he's a he's a guest star. Uh, Kalinsky plays. Uh, uh, Tim Brewster is playing with us this Friday. Uh, Sarah Sponsel love, loves okay. to get in there. So we played with her last week. Yeah, I'd love uh, to have her on. I'm gonna, she told me to um, message her. She was cool. Yeah, she's great. We, we and they're all fiery competitors. We all want to win. Uh, no Jump's fun. So that that's what I do. And I do uh, hot yoga and surf, stand up paddle, hike. Um, David David Lee's now now in the South Bay, and so he's on the he's on the hiking outdoorsy surfing yeah. program. He's a great surfer. Oh, he is. Yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, talk about a guy who, when he decided to play beach, decided to look like a different person. Because I met him in Hermosa Beach, and he was like, I introduced myself. He's like, I'm I'm David. I'm like David. Uh, he's like Lee. David Lee. And I said, Cool. Wow, we got another David Lee. Like like the like the Indoor Olympian, right? And they're like, <laughs> everyone's like, you know, it's like, okay, that's Jason doing saying stupid Jason things again. And I'm like, Whoa, what? No, no, whoa, whoa. I'm like, no, 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 no. David Lee has is unshaven, has black hair. <laughs> this dude has a blonde hair. Oh, I mean, blonde, blonde hair and a freaking goatee and he's not wearing a shirt. And I'm like, there's, I'm the most avid indoor fan won't even make that association. I'm telling you, I, I, I do, I say some moronic things, but I plead, I plead totally innocent on this so one, John. People are asking me about Carly and uh, Carly Wopat in, yeah. at the Motherlode. I, yeah. I, I see her as the female version of Dave Lee, just a, an absolute athletic specimen. Yeah. Just, Wow, it's I remember like, this is what this is what you can do with the human body. Yeah, it's impressive. We have a lot of mutual friends too. Chris Sanchez, he met in Mexico, and they had some fun. But I went to Dave Lee. I said, "You sure wear a T-shirt that says no? I'm not Theo. Stop asking." And he's like, <laughs> "He's like, but if I take off my shirt, if I do, if I just take off the shirt, period, they'll know." And I'm like, "Ooh, you got him. That's a that's a jab at Theo. This means war." <laughs> the, Theo's the he's the winningest on our no jump tour. So we we're always trying to dethrone him, Lord Brunner. Yeah. One of the questions messaged to us was, um, but I think we kind of already answered that. What new team out there is "quote unquote" a problem? End quote. Oh, it's no, and absolute. I, would, no, I don't know if Partain and Lotman are are a new team anymore, but they were this, a problem for everybody this year. I would still call them a new team. They they played their second tournament, major tournament together, in Chicago last year, and they took fifth. And I was like, that team's going to be a problem. And guess what? <laughs> but, I mean, the other one, the other one's Crab Sander. I mean, you guys are still trying to figure out yes. how to play them. 
Yeah. And and they were one point away from winning their first tournament. Sanders yep. one point away from winning his first tournament in Chicago. Yeah. And haters out there, shut your mouth. Know your role and shut your mouth. I mean, excuse the excuse the hell out of these two guys for only finishing the finals three times, right? I mean, he that was the best he did with his his own brother when he hit the scene, right? So yeah. so think about that. So um yeah, I hope they stay together. And I like what Taylor Sander brings to the table and I like Taylor Krabs is not I mean, you see him hot dog some plays, but it really looked like he got back to just just playing um, serious volleyball physically. I, lo- I love seeing Taylor yeah. Crab blocking. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's awesome. I have a friend from New York, Ren Osborne. We call him the Queen. Like, guy hangs out in Chelsea, goes dancing, you know, with the Queens. And he said the game looks more beautiful that when you don't do this, and you and you do mm-hmm. and you do this. The game looks more pretty. It looks more aesthetically pleasing, and new fans will will appreciate the beauty of that. Um, and I, I see Taylor physically committing to more of that because you'll see him do some one arm stuff and this and that. But so, but I think if he wants to win a gold medal, he's not even he, right now. He's got he's got a way to go to pass like the top five defenders. <laughs> you know, we got Ahmed, you got Christian Sarm, you got Lupo, you got three guys from Brazil. We could just throw out there just you know as a as a as a three or four way tie for fifth with taylor so and i know he wants taylor, to be the Taylor's best i know some, he wants to be the best in the world he's got yeah. some x factor right before the hermosa final yeah you know the mckibbins picked uh came as their passing expert expert uh you know yeah. quote unquote expert for their video passing video and uh okay. and taylor is their uh hitting hitting expert <laughs> riddle me that cool. and uh i said so this is uh this is the battle of the best passer versus the best hitter Right before the final, let's see who wins. And I also, uh, I, I, met, I think I did check who got more views, uh, <clears throat> the McKibben's uh, hitting video with Taylor or the passing video with Kame. Yeah. I think it was close. Really? I think Taylor got more. I don't know. The McKibben's got an algorithm push. <laughs> there's no fucking way. And I just curse. <laughs> All right, I'll edit this out later. But I, there's uh, no, I, but there's I, no, I plead no contest but there's to any no, of that. There's no fucking way that... Riley can tell a story about like how he rode the bench and his comeback, and you get like two hundred eighty-six thousand views. Volleyball doesn't even have that 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 amount of people. <laughs> I I did see Kim's uh, brother's video that went viral from his backyard yeah. during the Manhattan Open. So that's that's the only social yeah. media video. Oh, everyone has no, but everyone has a video a viral video like that. Oh, all right. Like I'd, ask I, me. I, I don't. No, but you will. But ask me. Maybe this might. Dude, I had Eric Baranek at like 22,000 views because people saw him cry, okay? And I already and I told Eric before the podcast, if you cry, I'm going to slap the shit out of you, you know? And we, we both not, ended up gonna, crying because of, because cry. of Gina. Because of Gina, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, we ain't got no reason to cry. It's, it's, like, <clears throat> it's like Jerry Maguire and Cuba Gooding. You're yes! Not, you're, not, you're not gonna make you me cry. you lost both of your friends in a car? That's terrible. Like, I'm not gonna, gonna cry. not gonna cry. And he's like, well, you get to finish your career. $10 million, three years. Not gonna, I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> Like, I'll give you an example. What do you think my most, um, as far as viewed video, not not the name of the video, but what do you think the most views I had on one video is? I would have guessed Misty May. Well, it's 5.6 million, and it's Fallon Fanoi Moana. Wow. Because she has this group of USC alum, um, ass worshippers. That's there's millions of people that just see that just see that worship the glutes and appreciate the six foot five goddesses doing their thing. And, and of course, you have idiots because you you know they light up the comment section too. But um, that's a video. 
5.6 million. I, and guess what's second on my it's Fallon? She's my she's on my top ten. She's three. She's one, two, and three in my top ten. And then Sinjin talking hands. I got 147 for that because hands has been like the the hot button subject for the last the last two seasons. So Sinjin kind of set the record straight on. So he got he got 147,000. Is this one going to get 147? Yes. (laughs) You got Uh, you are loved. So so on the on the tour you end up playing the same guys some years and I'll match up against Adam Roberts, you know, a couple times in the same year, whoever Matt, Matt Prosser, I played him a lot, uh, just mm-hmm. randomly, but then someone you won't play very much like Hans Stolfus. Yeah. Uh, this year I was on a flight with Fallon three or four times, just randomly sitting a couple, couple rows away from her. I just noticed her that we were, we were on the same flight. So it's kind of random. Such a classy woman, such yeah, a classy she's woman. Great. Also speaking of classy, I'm not trying to rinse and repair what I said about the McKibbins, I do, but I do want to let them know I respect the work they're doing. And and they were the only reason I watched um, um, Amazing Race. They're spreading, I did not they're watch spreading that. Beach Volleyball I did, love. I did not watch that show until I saw them. So, you know, and I'm, I, I sound like I'm sucking up, but I'm, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn and y'all know I'm not doing that. I'm just telling the truth. I really... You know, I have I poke fun at Madison. I poke fun at Riley. You know, um, I call bull bull job on some things. But at the end of the day, like you said, what, what I mean, they're doing this for the sport. There are other things they could have done for monetary gain from yeah. after amazing race, I would, I, and they still chose volleyball. So, mad respect to them. You know, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Sorry, you're gonna say. No, I was so curious watching the Hermosa final because they had their whole film crew out there doing the final. It's and, all brothers, yeah. And I know the AVPs. You know doing it on youtube as well so it's very curious and i looked up to see who got more views there theirs are the avps and they ended up getting edging out the avp by a little bit yeah because i think what we're looking for we're just trying to generate the interest of new fans and i think yeah. like i said them taking off from amazing race and doing these how-to videos uh now they got juniors people looking at them now they got college teams looking at them that that they the endure scenes following them and collectively yeah, people are going to click on some of those videos, you know. Yeah. But I, yeah, but I was only teasing them because I know how, because as a YouTube partner, I know how the algorithm push works and I know how running ads works. I know how that stuff works, you know, because some of my players that are not popular, I've done that, you know. I, and, I do not and, know how yeah. it works. All right. Well, you don't want to know how it works. I can only say that anything I've ever run an ad for, um, I will show you my analytics. One out of every three per- people that clicked on it, Watch the entire episode. So 33, 31% is the actual number. Mm. So if it's on someone's wall, if they click on it, 31% of the, those people watch the whole thing. So that's the one thing where I defend, I kind of defend myself. This, this reminds you know? me of the Anchorman conversation where Vince Vaughn is accusing Ron Burgundy that he said, <laughs> stop hiding behind the ratings. Those ratings don't account for houses with multiple TVs. <laughs> oh my goodness. So let's, I'm going to start the countdown clock, and you are going to give some of our fans and our juniors uh, three controllables, three things that you control as a player that the other team can't take away. They could be on court. They could be off court. Go. You can control uh, how you prepare for an event, what kind of mind, mindset you're in. You can control your emotions d- during during a competition. And, uh, and you can control how you react uh, after you win or, win or lose. 
Nice. Cool. We got 45 seconds. I think I'm going to go three controllables too. Allow me to do the on-court one. Serve, right? It's 100%. No one can knock it out of your hand. No one can make you miss. Only you can make you miss. In-system setting. If your partner gives you a good pass, can the other team make you set poor, make you set poorly? The answer to that is no. Only you, only you can make you set poorly. Um, Down ball, free ball. Like some of these situations where you're just not hot-dogging, you're mm. taking care of things you can control. Like in windy situations, make sure you take care of, uh, of those kind of things. Uh, like you said, physical preparation, like yoga and this and that, all of those things that lead to the game. Um, how much time you spend in the gym if you're a lifter, the other team can't take that away from you. So yeah. that would be my example of controllables as we count down this clock. Me and John, did. there's the horn, baby. Like That's the what we didn't hear before. You said some people had some questions early on out there. Do we want to? Oh, I already read them. Oh, yeah, right. I already I, I printed them. And, oh. Um, oh, but uh, on the chat? Oh, on the chat. Chat already ended. The chat only lasts 40 minutes, and I'd like to, uh, maybe we, we can't we can answer. When we do the um, premiere, because I do a YouTube premiere, and I do a Facebook premiere, they'll start asking those questions, and we can answer those. All we right. can answer um, two ways. So we answered live the first way, and we can answer okay. on, on repair. Um, before we go, no, that's it. You know, before you go, oh, one more question. And this is important to some people, all right? Some kid out there watches you play, seen your career, right? Some juniors player. And he wants to be a good player like you. He wants sustainability. He wants he wants to be able to do thing, do things that you do on and off the court that make you a volleyball, a professional this and a professional that. What's one thing you would tell a juniors player, 17 or 18 years old, he wants to do this sport and he wants to pursue it um, as close to full-time as he can? Uh, hard work there's there's little substitute for hard work and then uh it's it's difficult financially right now i i always recommend to young players to try to establish some sort of income stream uh whatever that may be whatever makes the most sense for them whatever they enjoy uh try to get that established whether it be real estate or software you know youtube algorithms uh establish something so that you're not stressed about the finances every weekend as you're chasing your dreams definitely yep uh but uh, as we're talking about work ethic, I don't know Logan Weber that well, but uh, uh, I just dragged my butt across the summer, you know, tournaments every weekend, traveling, just an absolute grind. And I had to go to Montana for a little R&R for four days to recover. And, and Rafi and I and, and Evan Corey and Kane were just kind of hanging on the strand yesterday. We'd go down by 2nd Street, and uh, it's it's the end of the season, right? Laguna is Norseca qualifier, Laguna, it's, it's over. And Logan Weber is out there training with, with as uh, if it's preseason <laughs> not preseason but Al alex uckelberg and he's just putting in the work and that was his strategy the whole time he said i'm just going to work harder than the other guys that's how i'm going to do it someone actually had two questions and then removed them no oh, that's weird well no that's pretty cool big up to him big up to evan corey those are my most two two most improved uh, male players of the I'm year i'm a big evan fan yeah I like his. He did a. He was an Eric Zahn scholarship uh, recipient, uh, and he jumped the pier with us. And we're we're awarding it to another male and female this Sunday, uh, this Monday night, and they're going to jump the pier with us. God don't, bless. Don't tell the uh, lifeguards or the p local police. Nope, nah, they don't watch this podcast. <laughs> well, I was going to say if you have an Instagram handle to handle the plug in this and that, but we already know the answer to that. We do. So we're skipping that part. All right, people. So listen, John Mesco might love you guys, but me, I can't stand you. In fact, I think we're out of here, all right? So for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPhone or iPad, for all of you on your desktop, who runs the world? Old school, old school. For my man, John 
Mesco. I'm Jason DeBeas, and this is episode 149 of the Option Podcast. We're going to hit my music. Stay with me, and we're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.